Just a quick production note, because of the protesting and curfew here in Chicago, we had to record this episode via Zoom, so forgive us for our audio, and more power to everyone protesting. On with the show. Why are you detaining me? You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. Get this dance. You about to lose your job because you are detaining me. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cold Pod. What's up, Trent? Blessed be. May the Lord open. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Oh, yeah, um, doing great. Now going by Offred. My name is no longer Trent. I'm actually going by Offred now. Got it. And so, what is what 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 does that mean for you? Yeah. Um, you know, basically, just hoping that the Lord brings a great harvest. Okay. And that uh, may may I continue to be a instrument um, of fertility, uh, so that we. You know what? This is exactly what it feels like. I feel like we are so close to a hands a handmade sale. Like I really am. I mean, Marcus, going outside. And for those who don't know, so Marcus and I both live in Chicago and we're not together today because we, the city is shut down. Well, okay, so well, hold on. So it's not shut down because they actually reopened the city this weekend for phase three. But, right, but like there's a bunch of road closures preventing people from like going anyway. And I think we're still on curfew, right? We're definitely still on curfew. If I go outside of my door right now on the... To the left, if I go walk down to the end of my block on the left, there's a mm-hmm. security checkpoint with really? guards. Yes. Wow. There's a security. It's. I mean, I'm okay. Security checkpoint is. It's a lot, but it looks like a security checkpoint. There's a national guard little jeep. Uh huh. And then there's two guards. And they're like preventing people from going. Past? No, they're not preventing people from going. They're just there as of right now. Um. So okay. I was on the phone with you. Remember, I was on the phone with you yesterday as i was mm-hmm. walking down my street oh, oh yeah 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 man being held up at the, at the security checkpoint i have no reason they ended up actually letting him pass but that was so that's to the left of me if i go down to the right i don't know if they're there today but i saw on a post um and i live right on Cermak, but not too far down from me at the other end of my block there were two guys on the top of vans with guns like snipers uh, oh wow and so this to me is very much handmaid's tale like I just, it definitely like, feels I like i already it. have the mask i'm already wearing june's mask from handmaids because of covid and now all i need is the bonnet 
The bond and the red cape. You I need, need a red, red cape. cape too. And I, I mean, we are there. It's, you know, and, and not to make light of the situation, but it's definitely like a what is going on moment. It feels like that, you know, I mean, let's just go ahead and hop right into the, the first part here. I mean, it, it absolutely is a, I mean, let's call it what it, what it is. It's a what the hell moment, like a WTF, like what is, what is life right now? You know, it yeah. feels so weird that it's 2020 and we have already gone through so much. And now here we are in June and like, we're protesting for our lives. Like, how did we get here? Yeah, I, I mean, it's... And I don't want to get conspiracy theorist or, you know, kind of, oh, Jesus. but I mean, it just, it, it all feels very calculated and it um, does a little bit, doesn't it? It feels, yeah. It just, I mean, even the, the, this, the strategy and how, what areas are going to be blocked off, right? Like uh, what areas of the city are going to be blocked off? What areas are going to be closed? Um, all of those things, it seems to be very, it, it, there, there seems to be an agenda behind all of it. Um, that no, the bridges are up downtown and so no one can be downtown and- Oh, they're still up? Yeah, the bridges are up today. Um, Lakeshore Drive is closed. Uh, so it just feels like where the, where the most affluent people live, um, there seems to be a lot of protection and things going on. And then in several of communities of color um, on the South and West sides, there's been looting, there's been um, violence. It's just a lot, it's a lot going on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I mean, I, so I'll take this and you guys are going to keep hearing this from me because it's going to be um, a monolith here on the podcast, but Black Lives Matter, you know, it's still happening. You know, people are still protesting. We're still donating. We're still calling for change. And so, I mean, I want to take this time to say that while all four officers have been arrested for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor still needs justice. None of her murderers have been arrested. And so justice for Breonna Taylor and also justice for Tony McDade, because Tony McDade is getting lost in the shuffle and he also needs justice as well because he was also murdered. And so justice for Breonna Taylor and justice for Tony McDade. When you think about it, we could be saying names all day. Yeah, and, 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 there, and there are plenty. All day of things that have just happened recently um, and amidst all of this. Um, and his name escapes me right now, I don't know, but of the, um, the man in Louisville that was killed. Uh, oh, the restaurant was, owner, the barbecue. The restaurant owner. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I, I say all of that to say that we could, we could literally be on here all day with what is going on. It's definitely a moment of unrest. And my, I'm sending, my heart is out with everyone um, who, who is on the front lines, those who are not as well, um, and everyone kind of going through this with with us right now my my heart is out to you guys and just hoping that people are being safe um and that you know people are able to channel all of your emotions and what you're feeling right now um into something positive and for me that's this podcast me being able to kind of come and speak my piece on this platform and being able to share with you guys 
um, and connect with you, Marcus, has been kind of what has been my piece through throughout all of this. No, I absolutely understand that. And I think that gets me to my last point here at the intro is just um, mental health, mental health check. It's very real. Excuse me. There's a lot going on right now. And so please, please, please take time to take care of yourself. If that means um, detracting, detaching from social media for a little bit, please do so. If that means exercising or going for walks or taking a break to just kind of like be still for a moment. All of those things are important because there's a lot of information inundating all of us and overwhelming us right now, but then things are changing so rapidly. And so it's very important to take care of yourself because this is a marathon. This is not a spread. Right, right. So with that being said, let's get into it. Um, let's go ahead and kick it off with our very first segment titled Woo Child. So for those who don't know, Woo Child is a moment where Marcus and I count down the top viral moments of the week um, and the things that make us say Woo, Woo Child. I'm not plenty on that second one, but okay. Um, Marcus, you want to kick us off? Yes. So the first thing I have is, um, this is some interesting news because I was actually here for this when she joined, but I was kind of shocked to see that she quit. Uh, Amanda Seals quit the real. Listen. Um, she had a post and she said that her contract, you know, was in renewal stages and, uh, she decided not to renew because apparently they were stifling her voice um, and didn't want her to speak so passionately. According to this is according to Amanda, um, they they didn't want to they didn't want her to speak so passionately about black issues and things that are happening right now. And I've read a lot of the comments, and a lot of people are saying that she kept it too real for them, and that she needs her own show because the real is more of like a fluff, featurey type show and they don't really get into the issues and stuff like that that Amanda is so knowledgeable about. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised. The moments in which I was able to catch her on the reel and her check several guests. On, because they were coming sideways for her. I would have checked them too. And they definitely needed to be checked. Um, and she was the one to do that. But I, I, I can't say that I'm surprised that Amanda wants to go. Um, based on this and just feeling like she constantly has to edit herself. I think that that is why she's really taken to the IG stories and that platform, because that is the one space where she can kind of, it is her controlling what she wants to say and through her books and, you know. Right. And, and be fair, she's been doing the IG thing for a while. She was doing that before yeah. the real. So, I mean, that's been, always yeah, been a no. staple of her. Um, and so I think that that's why, I mean, I feel like that those are the reasons why she, those have been so successful to her and something that she's continued to do because that is where she's able to control the message. And so I can't say that I'm surprised. We know that sneaky stuff like this has been going on with the real. Um, mm -hmm. And just, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I, I wish the best of them, but I think this will continue to happen. Do you think that they'll replace her? So number, here's a couple of things with this. Number one, I've not yet seen any of the other ladies speak on this yet. So I don't know what's happening or if they've been advised not to. Uh, number two, I don't think that they should bring anybody else on. Just keep it a foursome. I think they're so far gone now that it's going to be really tough because, I mean, this is the second person who has either been fired or left the show for, that's been a host. And it's like, 
I'm obviously the view does this every week. So I mean, right. I'm not tripping about that, but it's just, you know, there's no consistency. And, you know, I mean, there were already rumblings of like shady dealings going on behind the scenes. And so this is not going to help that narrative. Do you think that them as a foursome is entertaining enough though? Uh, I can only speak for myself. The only reason why I started watching them was because Amanda was on there because I've already been a fan of Amanda's. Yeah. And so now that she's not, I probably won't watch anymore. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, and that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is that I, I think these, the four of them um, as a collective are, to me, are not as entertaining and was the need for them to bring someone else in. That's why they brought someone else in. I think uh, she was definitely more knowledgeable about important issues. I don't think any, and this is no disrespect to them, but I don't think any of the ladies um, really go as hard, you know, as Amanda does on some of these or know as much. And so that's why they, they don't speak on them that much um, and they keep it fluffy. And I'm sure that there's, you know, people behind the scenes who are telling them that they can't, you know, to ease up and not do so much on that. But uh, at this point, just stick to stick to the river waters and the lake, rivers and the lakes that you used to. Don't <laughs> okay. go chasing waterfalls and okay, uh, leave it as you'll see. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, best of luck to them. And I think Amanda, once she does find that that platform that allows her to speak her mind and her voice, I could see. I you know what I could really see. I could what? see her having a show on like a CNN. Or something like that. Like, what? What? Okay, let's just. Well, she used to be a CNN contributor. What about her? April Ryan, Angela, Angela Rye, mm -hmm. and Amanda. What? Call it Triple A. April, Angela, and Amanda. A A A. Have you ever seen the Parkers? That episode, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of their sorority. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, what do you uh, think? Would you watch that? No, I think... You wouldn't watch that? I would watch that, but not for Amanda. I think Amanda needs her own solo space. Really? Um, yes. I think she just has... She has a lot of opinions and a lot of information. I think she could control and command a show on her own. What I want... Here's what I want to see. I want to see Amanda Smart, Funny, and Black get a TV a TV, a TV uh, upgrade. I think okay. that's the, the perfect, I think that's the perfect because it, it takes not only, you know, the issues and gives you information, but it also gives you entertainment. And she was, I've seen a lot of clips and stuff of her hosting that and she does really well. I think that is the next lane for her. Um, she's already done everything else clearly, but yeah. I think that would be good. Now, as far as like the CNN thing, I could see that. Um, I would put another A on there. I would put Abby. Her name is Abby. She's a um, a reporter. She's a political reporter. Okay. But she uh, she's done a really good job. April has done a really good job. You know, we all know who Angela is and April. I think something like that would be really cool. Would be really cute. Okay. Hmm. So. All right. Well, but. yeah. And I like the smart and funny black idea too. Um, I just yeah. Best of luck to the real. I don't know how y'all yeah. gonna survive this. I don't know. I don't know if they will. I mean, well, they just they went on season break, so I mean, I'm sure they come back and they'll, you know, revamp and re re uh, organize. You Everybody know, the gonna chairs. be scared to go on there. <laughs> 
please. It's Hollywood. There's always somebody ready to take somebody else's spot. I guess. All right. M- what you got? On. Uh, so my Wucha moment <laughs> uh, is the anthem that we now have um, for the Black <laughs> movement. Um, and that you about to lose your job. Hey, get this day. You about to lose your <laughs> job. Hey. So shout out to uh, Miss Janiqua, um, who is featured in the viral moment that went everywhere on social media uh, this past week, um, in which she starts singing I, what I hope is an impromptu freestyle. Um, it's yo, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> titled Lose Your Job. Uh, so <laughs> as she was being arrested for protesting, and, and get into the choreography too. If you like, this, please get on the please get on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm, I mean, it's everywhere now. It is everywhere. Uh, but get into the choreography as well and the costume. <laughs> um, why did I get up and like when I first heard it? Why did I get up and like start dancing to this remix? I was like, oh, okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. And then yeah, DJ uh, who did the remix, uh, DJ Suede and DJ uh, what was the other I'm DJ's Marquee. name? Yeah, I Marquee. Yes. Um, so uh, they did the remix. And so I think that this, I think we do, we have a new song for the summer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> summer anthem. Very appropriate. You about to do a good job. <laughs> um, featuring Get This Dance. So uh, know that she, so it's funny because I don't know, I don't think the person featured in the video, Janiqua, is actually on social media, but her sister has created a, an account um caught into on Instagram called get at get this dance which now has over uh 12,000 followers okay they nice. also set up a GoFundMe um in this person's honor <laughs> in Johnny Quist's honor which had a goal of 5,000 they've raised almost $10,000 uh for, for her right Good. Now. so it's so <laughs> is she okay is she safe is, is she okay. In... um okay yes yeah, so, so so she is not in custody right now um, so she, um, there's actually the, uh, person featured in the video is actually going through a lot. And on the GoFundMe, you can see, um, the sister kind of speak a little bit to her situation. Uh, but they're definitely, uh, wanting to help her get to the best place. And so it's definitely more that she's going through in regards outside of this, this protesting and being arrested, mm-hmm. but he is, she is no longer in custody. So. Do you want to give uh, give out the GoFundMe one more time? Yeah, so um, it's uh, if you go to at Get This Dance on Instagram, you can. Uh, there's a link to it in the bio, or if you oh, go nice. to GoFundMe, you can uh, go to John Nico Charles Lose Your Job, uh, which uh, is J O H double N I Q U A Charles John Nico Charles. And then lose your job in in, in quotations. So, but that definitely nice. it was definitely a woo child moment for me. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, I'm gonna run through these because these are all falling under the same category. Oh, Lord. But I just want to yes, and I want your I want your commentary. We're gonna we're gonna move fast here, darling. So keep up. We're gonna do a quick lightning round. Go ahead. But this woo child is going out to every out of touch celebrity who has said something stupid during this, Say that. Uh, during this movement. 
you have not been forgotten about. We're going to come back around, pull it around, pull it around, bring it across. <laughs> you stand right there because we're going to come back to you while after we deal with this Black Lives Matter. So first off, Trina, come to the floor. Oh, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> okay. Listen to this clip first and then hold on. Uh, Gimenez imposed a countrywide curfew from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. and will be enforced until Gimenez lifts the order. They need to make the curfew at 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. That's how I feel. No. Keep everybody off the streets, these animals off the streets that are running around in Miami-Dade County acting like they have escaped from a zoo. Lock them up at 5 p.m. so the streets can be nice and clean. That's how I feel. The police get behind you and the red and blue lights come on. You're not supposed to be scared. You're not supposed to be scared. I'm never scared. I have my license and registration and insurance. I'm not scared. I know my rights. Okay. So what the fuck? Like animals? Okay, girl. What? What? No, this is not it. And Trick Daddy even tried to save her. He tried to. He did. I will. I will attest. You know what? Trick Daddy is a real one because he tried to jump in. He saw what was happening, and And he he saw the train wreck. He was like, sis. This is, this is not it. Don't do this. You in danger, Molly. You in danger, girl. Molly, you in danger. And so then, after that fact, she went on Twitter and she wrote, "The problem is with some of y'all. Y'all don't want to hear the truth. Well, y'all can be mad. Y'all, y'all should put that anger and frustration into doing something better instead of talking shit about people." Woo. Okay, Trina. Well, you know I don't want to cancel nobody, but this that ain't it. So that's celebrity number one. Celebrity number one. Okay, who's next? Celebrity number two, Shamik Moore, come to the floor. Gosh. <laughs> Shamik Moore, I don't understand. I, people tried to save him too. Number one, Shamik Moore had the audacity to say that Rosa Parks could have caught a cab. Okay. You know what? <laughs> and like, this is, okay. No, go oh, ahead. We're not done. Right, no, we're not ahead. done. Yeah, go ahead, and then I want to say something. We're not, then he also said, we have to work, and this is on Twitter, we, and we have to work on our community before blaming everything on racist quotes and police. One, there is still Black-on-Black violence that needs to be addressed. And two, if we know that the wrong white person could change our whole life with a false accusation, why would we do certain things? What? Like, who... Are you hearing like are you hearing yourself right now? Why why would we live? Why would we what? Like why would we walk down the street? Why would we sleep in our bed? I'm still stuck on the fat as hell part. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the um before we blame any of everything on racists and police. I'm still stuck on that. Now, I mean, granted, yes, I think that there are there is some work that we have to do in our community and that is a but that is a side from what is currently going on right now. Right, because you can't do work on a community if we all did. Right. So I I feel like, tell me what you think about this, is because I'm starting to see certain celebs come out or post certain things and things like that. And I'm all, I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful for it. I'm happy for it. But there is a part of me that is like, how much of this is performative? The tag on Twitter is shut up and open your purse. <laughs> Stop yeah. talking and just open your purse. Yeah. 
How we much don't need words. How much of this are you doing to quote unquote gain points to gain street cred? Like, like, come on. Or how oh. much are you just doing to drive some, to drive some, um, you know, traffic to your name? Leah, Michelle, you can come to the floor now because oh, we bring I think Trenton is responding to you because this is exactly what she did. I'm yeah. so glad that she brought it up. Leah, Michelle, come to the floor, please. She tweeted, George Floyd did not deserve this. This was not an isolated incident and it must end. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Why did every member of the Glee cast come on there and drag her talking about- be the last person to say- Baby. Baby, this is not your ministry. Yeah. The way you be treating people on set. Um, Alex Newell said something. Oh. Amber Riley did the little face emoji like, girl. <laughs> um, Sam uh, Sam Samantha. Samantha? Yeah. yeah. Samantha, she said, came out and I said thought, something. Yeah. 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 So Heather, performative. He, he, yeah, Heather Morris. Heather I read Morris that like, too. Uh, she said, bloop. <laughs> um, so... I mean, this is this is what I'm getting to. Is like the 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 performative pieces of this, you know. I I'm not going to do. A, I'm not here to do a witch hunt and to kind of call people out of doing. You know, this is this is disingenuous. This is not real. But hey, at some point, we yeah, we need to separate all of the talk and the rah 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 on social media, and let's see the work behind it. I'm not Trent. I'm here to be petty and be messy. Dak Prescott, come to the floor. <laughs> that's not that's not me. I'm not that girl. Now, Dak, Dak Prescott. With now, Dak did open his purse. He did, but for the wrong cause. He a million dollars to police training. A million dollars to police training. No, that's not it. Why don't you put that money towards Louisville to the Breonna Taylor fund or the George Floyd yeah. fund or the bailout funds for plenty of people who have been arrested peacefully protesting? But you want to donate a million dollars to police training? No, that ain't it. Yeah. That's not it. Also, while I'm at it. Okay, you got more people. Okay. Oh, yeah. I told you I'm going down the list. We just going to air all of this out right now. Drew Brees, your turn. You can Bring step down. Okay. You can step down to the floor. Drew Brees talking about um, in an interview. What did he say? Hold on, I'm gonna show. You. Let me. Now Drew Brees has done one interview and 13 apologies. So let me tell you, Drew B. Um, this is according to Yahoo Finance because he did an interview with them. With them, I, and he says, "quote I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country." This was after the question was asked. Um, what the star NFL quarterback thinks about players kneeling again when the NFL season starts. Drew, how many times do we have to, does someone have to say that kneeling was never about protesting the flag, but it was about protesting police brutality? Exactly. And how I many mean, times do we have to say that? And, and him as, you know, being kind of like a figurehead within the football league game, I'm, I want to kind of like, you know that you remember that meme from uh, Flavor of Love when New York was like, "You should have just shut up and ate your food." If if that could be if that was a person, Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> if shut up and eat your food was a person, shut up and ate your food right there. Right, and then like the thirteen apologies, ain't heard not one of yeah. them. Girl, we don't need this. We don't yeah, need this. He's definitely been apologizing because they have been dragging him as of late. The most disingenuous thing ever, like. 
you said what you said and that's how you felt. And the only reason why you're apologizing is because there's been a lot of swift backlash. Right. And you don't want to mess up any um, endorsements or anything that you have. So, right. So once again, um, the performances. Performance. And D- Diddy and T.I., come on down to the floor. Your turn. But we know T.I. has always been Said some dumb shit. Yeah. He just does. Diddy and- now, they will be on the next Red Table Talk. <laughs> Diddy and T.I. talking about and uh, withhold your vote. No, no, that is n- no. That's all I got to say on that. No, no, <laughs> they'll be not on the at next table talk. No, because, so yeah, it, okay. I, I've it, got two. Oh, Lord, okay, okay. I got one more person. One oh, more person, okay. Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski. Come on down to the floor. Tell me what exactly you're struggling with when it comes to supporting Trump in twenty this November. What are you struggling with? It shouldn't be a question. Well, without question, what are you struggling with? What what is there to struggle with? She uh, reportedly she she did not support Trump in 2016's election bid, but has been um, very supportive of a lot of the bills being passed since he's been president that has come into play. But now, all of a sudden, because of this. Um, these latest incidents with Donald, um, she's struggling to decide on whether or not she's going to support him this year. It's all a big mess. I think that, um, I th- you know what, I th- this is what I'm going to start seeing. I feel like, or this is what I hope to start seeing, is how politicians are going to either be dragged or exalted for what is for what for their work behind this particular cause vote them out if they have if they're supporting any of this nonsense vote them out susan collins her days are numbered uh mitch <laughs> days are numbered but you know what marcus this is the time where you really get to start to see the leadership like mm-hmm. you know like the day-to-day like the day-to-day work or whatever and like the decisions that they're making like Yes, there, there's a lot of advisors and there's a lot of people that are um, there to kind of help assist. But this is when things get really tough and when like cities are shutting down and other things. Right. Like that, this is where you really get to kind of start to see where people's true leadership and where their views are. Um, and so while this, what we're going through is not an, not an ideal time, it's by no means a, you know, a, a great time. But people need to be cognizant of what of what leadership is doing, and remember, don't forget, don't forget what these people are saying, what they're doing, uh, because all of this, all of this needs to be taken account um, in elections, in the debates, in in, in every. Absolutely, absolutely. My um my last thing, and then I'll turn it over to you. I know I had a lot, but I just I said, let me just get this all out now. No, go ahead. Um, I am never a proponent of outing anyone. So all I will say is is that there is a problematic senator who is currently uh, being outed by several male escorts. Um, if you want to know more, just look up the hashtag Lady G on Twitter. And, and you, you will find out all that you need to know 
Um, but the tea is piping hot, and I'll be very intrigued to see. And you know what? I already had my suspicions. I already had my. You suspicions. already had something. You already knew a little something. I said, okay. I said you are you were working a little too hard. And you, this is the gag. The gag is is that it's always the people who are working against the LGBTQ community who yeah. turn out to be gay anyway. What I'm trying to figure out is with said person. It's de- it definitely has to be some escorts. Oh, no, there are. There's several, because and apparently see, they're all going to uh, come out. Because if you see oh, 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 dude. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked. <laughs> I almost choked. Um, you, you definitely going to be asked. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some questions. Yeah, don't you uh, say his name. I'm not going to say any names. But yeah, Lady G. That's okay. <laughs> Just you know look up. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, on that note, we d- we need to take a break. Good <laughs> Jesus. The tea. Wait, Ooh. do you have any other Woo Chows? No, no, no. That was you ran the gamut with Woo Chow. Okay, so when we come back, um, <laughs> as you know, this is our Pride series, and so we will get into our spill segment in which we will be interviewing a special guest, Brandon Maurice Wright from the Chicago yes. Black Gay Men's Caucus. Stay tuned. All right, and we are back. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this is where we are going to continue with our Pride series. Uh, For this week's episode, we have a very special guest with us here today. Um, His name is Brandon Maurice Wright. He is the program coordinator for Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus here in Chicago. And uh, Brandon, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Oh, my. Thanks for having me. You know, I think that, um, I know this is y'all show and everything like that, and I ain't trying to take over. (laughs) It's always always such a great thing to work with friends. Um, I mean, Chinton Marcus, we have, you know, been in different circles and have been out, had some fun. Also spilled some, you know, serious tea at times. And just all this coming back full circle is everything. So I'm happy to be here. Well, we're so glad to have you on for this episode in particular. Uh, The theme of this uh, week's episode is community. And so we wanted to pay tribute and showcase those members of our community that are doing the work on a daily basis to strengthen queer communities of color. Um, And that's exactly what you do at at the caucus. And so uh, I couldn't think of a better person to have on for this episode, for this Yeah, me neither. Um, and just to take some time for us to kind of get together, catch up, chat, and as well as also showcase to everyone else the amazing work that you're doing uh, here in our community. We thoroughly, like, I will, one, me, Brenda, I appreciate it, and the caucus definitely appreciates it. Um, you know, yeah, we've been trying to ensure community uh, holistic health and different things for 15 years now. So, um, 15 just being years. Part. Yeah, 15 wow. years. Wow. That is, that is something. It, it, Brenda, Remind us of how you got started in the work with the caucus. Of course. Um, actually, you know what's so funny? Um, going back to um, my college days, I was going to school for uh, communications, radio broadcasting, and I okay. um, stumbled upon a internship called the SIP, which was a four. It was a four black gay male. Uh, oh yeah, panel. I remember the SIP. Yeah, I do too. I was going to say this sounds yeah. really familiar. Yeah. yeah. If, y'all, if y'all don't know, now think back for a second. There was well, there's a fifth member called Brandon the intern. There you go. <laughs> that was me. Okay. 
So, um, and one of those panelists was our actual board chair, David Dodd. I think you guys have met as well. No, um, not very well. He, um, he kind of just was picking around in my brain, asking about certain things. He's like, what do you think about advocacy? And I'm like, oh, you know, I was in a GSA in high school and all this other stuff. I'm totally like, you know, for the cause, black gay men, lift them up, all that stuff. He's like, so um, this year we're walking in pride. Do you want to be a part? I was like, sure. Like, why not? He's like, okay, cool. Bring your camera too. So I'm like, I'm about to do work. <laughs> and enjoy. Ready to enter and go part two. Right, right. right. <laughs> so um, I started, you know, getting involved with the caucus through um, that actual, that first pride. And after that, I got the chance to meet um, our former executive director, Eric Glenn, um, who was amazing. And um, from there, I just, you know, they kept me in the loop talking about volunteer events. Did you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Do you want to work this? All this other stuff. And um, also just a little bit more about me being from Gary, Indiana. And we didn't really have those spaces. Yeah. So um, once I kind of, you know, realized that the Chicago Black Games Caucus was for me and um, I wanted to be a part more. So that's how I got like involved. Yeah. Right. And I feel like Very I nice. kind of touched on where we, I wanted to go to next um, is not having those spaces. And so you being in Gary, me growing up in Kentucky, uh, Marcus, where do you want to say you grew up this time? Did you like do you be trying? Well, I don't understand why you be trying to be like this on here. You like to? You're, oh, I can't he, deal with he's you. International. Yeah. He's international. Oh, yeah. He's a. I am he's from a coastal girl. I am a, number one. I am a bicoastal girl, so don't you ever forget that. Number two, we could just say Bowling Green, Kentucky, sis. Okay, okay. so we got Kentucky this episode. Okay. Cute. All right. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I mean, but kind of coming from those spaces where there is there, where you don't grow up having that, you don't grow up seeing that. Uh, how do you frame the importance of organizations like Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus in the community? Like, why do you think it's so important to have spaces like that? Um, it's a couple of things, but I think one, just to piggyback off what we we're talking about again, it's just not having that space. Mm -hmm. Um, once I did, I mean, finish the GSA, or I was, I was a senior, I'm like tapping out of high school, you yeah, know, yeah, there's mm -hmm. a natural transition anyway. And, um, I remember the coordinator for that at my high school was a, a cis white, you know, um, heterosexual female. And she was just saying how, you know, you should get into this. You should be a part of the community. You should do community work. There's a lot more that you can do past these walls. I said, sure. You know, and I said, as a, you know, black queer men what black queer agencies like are out there in chicago and i'm like you know chicago is more than just you know different things that i know like to be howard brown or to be right um you know anything that is a larger institution and um she couldn't find me in it. and like i said even though that was uh whew, i'm about to give a little age that was six years seven years later um the caucus was around but um i guess just because you know not knowing so many resources i'm not gonna blame her for that either but um just having that like significance i could have just went straight into it after high school if i would have known mm -hmm. but, um, right and myself is still a blessing in itself but um mm -hmm. it's really important because you know sometimes these places these schools um also larger institutions and things they i don't want to say that they don't know what to do but some folks um some folks are not really in i guess in touch with the community and i know that small bbos right. you know community-based organizations just like um our sister organization affinity community services and yeah. race based alliance you know this is literally for us by us you know what i'm saying like not only do i create these spaces but i also like you know reap these spaces like these are places where i go to like be rejuvenated to be within community so i'll also help create that space up but also i will be taken from it just because this is a space that's needed for me as well so i know that that's um a huge reason why uh, these small kind of community-based organizations are super 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 helpful and need to be here 
Um, also, because I think that even as a larger institution, they do tap us to kind of, you know, speak to cons like our constituents and to our community members. Right. Um, and these larger institutions, they do not have that pool. And um, if technically, if you want to get a lot of different things done, especially at a larger scale, they're, they're going to need us. So yeah. um, having that reach within the community, having that grassroots organization, having that hand on the ground is always necessary. And, in, and it comes from the small community-based organizations, not from the higher institutions. So, I mean, as much as they will try to get their own, they still have to tap us to get our own. So those are my two big standpoints. I probably could think of some more, but so far that's, that's what came to mind. Yeah, no, I mean, I think all of that is valid. I mean, for me, it was so important. And I, as I was introduced to the caucus through Brandon. I think you were Same. the first person yeah. I was able to like get in touch with and like first person that I was, uh, that like kind of took me on and let me know, okay, this is what's going on. We're having this event. You should come out and support and, and do all of that. And not only did it help provide me with a community um, and a lens of people that look like me and kind of had my similar experience, but also help facilitate my own identity development. Yeah. Um, as a black gay man coming into adulthood and what that looked like. And what does it mean to not only just be um, out, but what does it mean to be proud and to do the work year around? Not just in the month of June, but and not just to come to pride, but like, what does that look like on a 12 month scale, a 365 day scale? Um, and I think that that's what the caucus has been able to show me, not only me, but also many others. Um, and, I, and I think that that work that you guys are doing is, you know, leaps and bounds um, above of what, you know, I could get from, not to say, you know, anything bad about any other organizations, but it's leaps and bounds of what my experience would be going to similar organizations that are not specifically focused on Black black males. So. See, I would definitely agree with that because I think one of the the, the, the biggest moments that I remember is uh, when we walked in Pride a couple of years ago and you know it was I it was so much fun like I I was a little hesitant about walking because I hate walking in parades just period like any parade I've done it before you know you got to really prepare yourself for the day but like I met so many nice people and it was just great to be a part of like a, a, a like-minded community of people who looked like me and people I met you know the day that I went there we just had a blast you know walking and shared stories and doing all of that and so I feel like the caucus does a really good job of bringing people like-minded people together and people who look like look like us you know and share some of the same um, concerns and some of the same goals and stuff like that so I really appreciate that too Brandon. Yeah. Oh man, thank y'all so much. I mean, one, that was my first uh, year as a staff member doing Pride, and I was so happy that y'all two came. I, I'm telling you, I was excited. Y'all also came to the kickoff too. That, yeah. that was that for me. The kickoff was even more so necessary. I took more. Yeah, I took more away from the kickoff. Like I think the Pride thing was great, and that was fun, and all of that stuff. But then the pre-programming that happened to that that kickoff where we came in there was food we got shirts and then we sat down and had a dialogue about what it was we were about to go do the next day Why? and hearing uh i think his name is reginald talk about like the very first prize that happened in chicago mm -hmm. he was there, i remember that about, you know kind of hearing what that history looks like um that was i mean that kind of take took it to the next level for me 
I know that that's one thing uh, I was I was so I was so pleased that whole year within Pride kickoff and also Pride itself. But the Pride kickoff, like you said, just having that moment to really say like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, why you know why are we here in this point and to have elders like you said Reginald that's one of our board members he had a chance to share and also I'm um, just doing the video where everybody was talking about why they walk and why they're here in this moment and why we're here as an organization was amazing and just great to really feel and to bask in within each other and I think that's another reason why um CBOs are so super important it's just like even though our like our resources and all of our programming is tailored like it's just the fact, again, that it's for us by us. You know what I'm saying? Like, the people who are trying to advocate and to be behind the scenes and also to be here just to bring everyone together is literally of the community, by the community. And uh, we want to all have the same goals and same results at the end of the day. So I think that, you know, just having those tailored services and stuff like that, CBOs definitely uh, bring that on within their organizations and stuff. So. so, Brandon, I have a question for you. So you're talking about activities and events and community. We're on this subject right now. Um, with everything going on right now, and of course, Pride, I take the physical Pride being canceled this year for no parades and anything. People, So people who may be listening who are here in Chicago, what are some things that you all are working on? Um, as far as the caucus goes, um, I know right now, we actually started it when uh, COVID-19 kind of struck for the most part. Um, we will kind of switch everything on to virtual programming. So we have a Monday uh, talk, which is called the Caucus Chat and Chew. And that's basically kind of like, that's like your views, like basically, it's just like everybody gets together, we get to chop up about what happened over the weekend or, you know, holidays that passed, really just to get ourselves started for the week. But we have also had episodes where they just kind of entail a little bit more like of a deeper kind of scale and different things. But um, I love Mondays. Mondays are so much fun. But Wednesdays, we have the conversations with the caucus, which is the more so the knowledge, the very much so deeper kind of talks and things. But that's when we always ensure that we have a special guest to come on and talk to us. Um, previously, we had um, just last week we had George M. Johnson. He came on and talked about social media and activism right now, given you know the circumstances that we're in. And uh, we also had uh, Dr. David Malbranch to talk about sexual health during this time, which um, I know in our community is just it's just been a question. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that everyone was trying to like really balance the pandemic to like what's more important and all this other stuff. No, honey, tell me what I need to know now so I can cross my T's and dot my I's. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. Right. So trying to have that um, conversation on Wednesdays was very helpful. And then on Fridays, we have the wind down, which is literally like another kind of kickback setting where the caucus core and other community members from all over the world actually have joined us. Oh, wow. It's like, you know, right. You know, like how we would be on a regular Friday night at each other's homes or yeah. if the caucus would make a space per se and different things like that. We'll be chopping it up saying like, girl, did y'all see Kaya get, uh, Kaya drag Trina and stuff like that. You know, it will be <laughs> yes, stuff we like did. Right. <laughs> yes, we did. So, um, you know, things like that. We've been kind of switching on um, programming as far as that has gone since now. But Pride, I don't think that the caucus is necessarily working on Pride festivities right now. We will be a part and we will be doing sponsorships, mm -hmm. but we are focusing on Black Pride, which is the week after. So that's the, uh, I think, 4th of July weekend and different things like that mm -hmm. because of dates and stuff. But um, I know for the last year or so, well, the last year that I've been staff, I should say, um, the caucus has really had a hand in Black Pride with Love Fest, um, which is our daily, um, okay. our yearly um, day party edutainment. We call it edutainment event because we have resources, we have performers, and we have just a huge sense of community there. I mean, like 500 like Black gay men or allies there um, receiving resources and just loving on one another. So. Um, we're going to be doing that virtually um, coming up okay. in Black Pride. So, yeah. I'm well, excited you to go back that. a little bit. I'm like, mm hmm yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to see that. Um, now, Brandon, I know that being in Chicago and having you know a lot of a lot of resources or having a lot of people bringing it, being able to bring in you know a lot of people into what you're doing is not always an easy feat. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of CBOs, particularly the caucus, what do you feel like are those like those like the biggest obstacles or the things that you have to always kind of um, face when trying to bring that visibility and trying to help build that community and strengthen it? I think I really just go back to me being a kid and Gary, mm -hmm. you know, just really just trying to make sure that people know that we are here. Yeah. Whether that is, um, you know, routine social post or, uh, you know, me telling everyone else to tell a friend, anything like that, just um, maintaining the presence of that we're open and that we're here even during the pandemic. Like we may not be as physically like together, but there are things that you can be a part of and things that you can do. Um, I think that's one of the major, major ways um, you can kind of keep that like involvement in different things like that going. I think that the obstacle of just really not having our space. I mean, I think people really enjoy, and which makes me happy because most of the time I plan it up, but uh, enjoy the caucus. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. where um, either we'll get this fly, Airbnb, or we will get um, something that, you know, that we try to make you make, work, make it worth your while. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whether that's a little fiddle, a little food, a little drink here and there, and conversation and people. You know, I think that that's one of the biggest things that um, the caucus really, really has, I think, over a lot of different organizations is that um, the people of the caucus have been invested for a long time. You mm. have people who are there from the beginning. You have people there. I mean, David Dodd, our board chair, has been there for 10 years. Laura Branch, who is one of our board members, she's been there for 15, the whole 15. She was one of the creators. And then we also have volunteers that have been there for 10 years plus. And, you know, it's like everyone is, is here for the community cohesion and stuff like that. So um, I just think the fact that we don't have that presence as far as, like, you know, being able to be in front of each other, loving one another, yeah, yeah. knowing that's how we get down all the time has been a little difficult. But um, I think also just providing that cyberspace um, where it's like you can get an inkling of it, even though we're not in the same four walls, we are still right. having this dialogue and we're talking, it somehow kind of works. So, so the, another question I have for you then is obviously dealing with everything that's going on now, has that changed any? Have you gotten any has anyone reached out to you you know and asked to come help or asked to be involved in any future caucus activities because they want to start getting and making their voice heard due to everything happening right now mm -hmm. certainly um from both ends of the spectrum i know um i've, I've gotten i've received uh, received emails and uh just dms and different things like that like hey like i know you know, the caucus is probably not as active right now, but what are you guys doing? What are you up to? And, you know, I'll, I'll mention that virtual programming, but when they say, like, you know, I want to be a part, I'm like, for right now, only because of what's going on, um, it has been very staff-oriented. You know, just everything yeah, yeah. I've been putting out has been necessarily for folks, but um, I'm like, if you want that sense of community, the wind out would be your best bet to be uh, inside and to be really a part or anything like that. I know for our volunteers out right now, it's just like, there's really not that much that we can like necessarily put mm -hmm. together. I know that um, earlier when we were doing um, things for the pandemic, I know Brainspace was doing um, food drives and different things like that. And we um, just said, you know, if you go there, please help out our brother and sister organizations and people who are doing like, you know, food drives or um, collecting things for COVID relief and things, please be a part of theirs, you know. And if you wanted to let them know that you're from Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus, but it's not like, you know, uh, anything like 
you need to do. But if right. you want to be on the, you know, on the grounds, only because we don't, you know, we're not offering anything right now. We do like liaison and say like, hey, Affinity needs this. Howard Brown needs this. Um, Gray Space needs that. So um, it's just been, it's, it's just been different. It's been a little different lately, I would say. So it's definitely been different. I can agree yeah. with that. It's, but I can also understand so much going on the need for that community of right of like people being able to just kind of come together and whether it is we're going to talk about super heavy stuff or if we want to just kind of you know keep it light and just kind of be an escape from right now with everything that's going on it's just it's something that is definitely needed within the community i mean right now we have so much going on and kind of where it's being a black man or being queer there, I mean, we're kind of getting it from both sides right now, right? Like, when you think about the intersectionality of being a Black man and being a queer man, um, you're seeing it play out in so many different ways. You, you had the death of, um, excuse me, the murder of George Floyd, who was, you know, a Black male, although he was straight Black man, and that's something that we can identify with. But then also you see your Tony McDades, who, you know, is a trans man that was also that died at the hands of police. Um, those things, I feel like, and I was, I was talking to Marcus the other, I was like, I feel like being black and queer right now is kind of just like walking around with just a permanent rain cloud on top of your head. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to kind of ease up and let up from everything that you're able to, everything that you're seeing on social media, on TV and, and, and all of those things. And so, what do you think, for those two murders in particular, George Floyd and when we think about Tony McDade, what do you think that says about our relationships that we're building with police? What do you think it says about the work that we still need to do in our community? Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, personally, the work that we need to do with the police, I... This, and this is Brandon speaking. I'm yeah. going to put the caucus aside right now. I, look, I've, yes, exactly. Because this is, I mean, we definitely <laughs> want to talk. And I, I mean, I know I have a lot to say. I know Marcus also has a lot to say as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but yeah, speak as you. Yeah, I'm speaking, yeah, speaking as Brandon. I um, personally do think we need to abolish police force. And when I say that, um, I don't mean like people or anything like that. I think that we need to go into the bylaws different things whatever the police structure is question that like to in a thousand percent look it over by everyone like i think that there just needs to be a restructuring and i wouldn't know if that necessarily would be the police at that point after we like take everything and reconstruct it and really make what they say the police is supposed to be be what it initially needs to be i there there's ways there's ways that i believe that the police have been able to kind of hide behind the law yeah on, on several accounts and um i think that with when we go through those like i guess like bylaws or trainings and different things like that i do think if we flush it out and take out everything that is systematically oppressing people black folks minorities all that different type of stuff it wouldn't even be the police anymore i think it would yeah. be a whole different structure i, I, think I, I definitely agree that it has to start in government like that is where that is the i feel like that that's kind of like the baseline of where the real change will start to happen. Mm -hmm. We can kind of have 
as many statements from police. We could have as many police chiefs and people come up and say, well, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to do. But there needs to be something, there needs to be laws, there needs to be government leadership that mm -hmm. really will change how police are going to be handled and how they'll be held accountable mm -hmm. for what, how they interact with people of color, specifically black people and, and LGBT and you know indigenous. I mean, a, around the board, there needs to be some governmental change. There needs, that's, I, I feel like legislation is really where it's going to start to kind of move. And so we can stop having this happen ever so often, you know, right now we're kind of we're definitely going through a storm but all three of us right now here in this room can say that we haven't been here before this is not a brand new situation mm -hmm. um and so in order for that to to in order for that to change i feel like the work that we need to do with police is it, it's really going to start more so in the government i don't know if it's i don't know if it's something that we can really lead um through building understanding and talking and getting to know each other and hear each other's sides, I feel like it has to go above that. I, I agree with both of you all on that. I think um, from my standpoint, I'm still undecided about the, the, the total abolishment of police, but I definitely think that there should be, um, there should be a nationwide audit and an audit of each local, of each local police department um, just to see where that money is going, number one, because there's a lot of these police departments who are getting increased funding from mayors and from the state in their budgets. And I'm talking like millions and, and the, let alone billions of dollars if you're the LAPD, you know, and just because they cut $9 million out of like a 10 plus billion dollar budget, that's a drop in the bucket, you know. And so I think by figuring out where all that money is going to, number one, is a start. And then number two, if it's not, you know, and this is why I say undecided, if it's not an abolishment, there definitely needs to be an oversight committee or something, you know? I mean, there needs to be someone who's checking them. There needs to be a checks and balances and there, there needs to be things that are illegal. Like if you use a chokehold, that's illegal. Like you can go to jail, you know, like all of these unnecessary uses of force, those things need to be outlawed. And, you know, there needs to be swift action and swift punishment for anybody, any police officer excuse me, any police officer who chooses to use any of that force, you know, I think that holds not only, you know, the chief police, the, the police accountable, but it also holds the mayors and the senators and, you know, the, the, the state officials accountable, you know, and if they're not meeting those standards and they're brought up to the oversight committee and they're either fired, they're replaced or some something, you know, just for those checks and balances. But I, I'm not sure yet, you know, I mean, I'm still undecided on that aspect. Tina, I think that honestly, what both of you guys just said, I think is necessarily, a, well, there will be steps considering um, what's one, not happening already, but two, to actually mm -hmm. get into some of the things that we want as far as change. I know like Trenton, you said that you feel like some of the talking and things like that should be carved out and it should go straight to uh, legislation and different things like that. I think one of the biggest issues between, and this is just me again, um, dealing with some of the, the murders and the different things that we have uh, faced as far as a community and not saying that we have not thought about this but it just hasn't been a big discussion about it i think we need to figure out what we want once these crimes and different things have been committed and i mean this is crime period this is betrayal of your badge period but what's the punishment what's the what's consequence the, what is, yeah right. so when we Agreed. do have that dialogue we can go to the legislators and say look we talk to the black community we have talked to 
the Puerto Rican community, Latino X, Asian, all these folks. And we say that you need to put this in action where you have an oversight committee or someone to say like, hey, this is this person. I mean, oversight begins with your backlog. You go check and look and see what these people have done in the past. Question that's that stuff true. in the past before they have a future and doing that's anything. True. So, I mean, it's, I think it's going to take like I said, both of what you guys have said and more to really establish what we need to do as far as when it comes to police brutality and um, just the social injustice of the police and our relationship as a black community, I should say. So a lot. Yeah. I'm definitely interested to see how this now is going to change how we look at politics and how politicians are going to address those who are running, how they're going to address situations like this. I feel like we'll start to see a lot more of that. Um, what I've had trouble seeing is a lot of people just saying like, well, just go vote. If you go vote, like, like okay, great, I vote. <laughs> I vote every time. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of stuff that keeps happening despite, you know, who, whoever is in office. There needs to be something there definitely needs to be steps i agree with what you said there it definitely is going to be steps but i'm i'm def i'm ready to see some action like yeah. we got to have some action um pronto so i think that as, as a black community as a whole we have to understand the levels of work that go into anything that we do in life i know some things are pretty easy like relationships that's work like you know going to work is work on top of work you know what i'm saying like, all these things are work when we talk about formulating change, uh, making you know Black Lives Matter, doing all these different things, this is not going to end with these protests. We have to ensure change by right. promoting change and being and doing the action. This is not going to end. It is not going to end. I think even when we do make change, we still have to work to enforce that change, to continuously grow, to continuously happen and stuff like that. So I mean, just going to vote is not, that's what you're gonna do right now. You got to do something tomorrow, too, because right. <laughs> it's going to be an ongoing yeah. fight. So, you know, exactly. I think just kind of thinking about, you know, the level of work. And that's why, I like, George M. Johnson, I really commend him for everything that he does. Like, he is an activist. He's writing books to talk about, you know, Black queer narratives and different things like that. He's doing so many different things at one time. I'm just like, Superman. But at the same time, you know, I think our citizens, we all can do just more. We're going to have to do more to ensure change altogether. Just work. Let's work. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Shout out to George and Johnson. We uh, featured yeah. him in our Cold Pop for the Culture series um, for yeah. the, the, the author, uh, amazing guy. Um, so, and I love, I love what, you, what you said and talking about the work that we have to do um, as a Black community. And we know there's lots, I think that we can all also agree that there's a lot of work that we have to do on ourselves mm -hmm. um, in the Black community. When you think when you look at situations like the Ayanna Dior situation that happened in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. um, that was, it was jarring that we have this going on right now and we also have this situation that's also going on right now. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, yes, we also, we need to work on that, but what is the work that we need to do in our own community to making sure that queer people are being respected within the black community. Um, what do y'all think about that? What, what do y'all think is the work that we need to be doing ourselves to make sure that we as a unit 
that we're able to come together as a unit. Brandon, I give you the floor first because I got some things to say. <laughs> I have some things to say too, but I'm going to try to so, stay on what you asked as far as because I was going to say because look, I'm like, well, they can't know, but you can say how you feel. feel what they can do it is, but I will reflect on us too because we need to reflect on ourselves as well. That's 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 sixty percent of the job when it comes to you know trying to enforce change on anything. It's really starting with yourself. But um, I would say as Black queer men, since we're kind of keeping that in this, this spectrum or anything, um, I think that Black queer men are okay with the sentiment of being not the ones, if that makes sense. So you, yeah, we don't have a problem. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, they, they, they love us. They like us. We do their hair. They pay us. Like, we, we are, we're their glorified accessory, whatever, like, and then on top of those, there's some folks who say, I don't have that issue at all. You know what I'm saying? Nobody has ever bullied me or nobody, you know, the, the, the oppression yeah. has never happened to me and different things like that. But one, if you was a friend of mine, you already know different tea about me. So if it happened to me, you know, you should be just as, I think, well, as I will fight for you, you should fight for me as well. Yeah. But I think that internally, because I, I mean, even I, I've seen it and honestly, and I'm going to put the camera on me, I've done it. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been there where, like, growing up, I'd be like, you know, well, if I had a, I had a good friend, a good friend that we're no longer friends right now, though, but I had a good friend who, um, at first, I believe now he is transgender, she's transgender, I'm sorry, and um, before that, she would dress up in just women's clothing and different things like that going to school, and people would bully her, and I would just be like, you know, hey, well, that's, you want to, you know, dress and do this, wear your heels and stuff, you can do that. But when boys would come up to me and say, like, see, I can't mess with them because they do all that. But with you, you just so cool. All you do is you, you show up and you present as a boy or you don't try to get on with me or you don't try to do anything like that. It wasn't until I was in a barbershop and someone was speaking about somebody else like that. They like they were, I guess, just more flamboyant or, you know, different things like that. They're like, yeah, they just do too much. I'm like, well, what is your definition of do too much? Like, what, what are they doing? Oh, they sashay. They do this. They do that. Yada, yada, yada. And the third. So I said. So you're telling me that because they do that around you, you feel some type of way and that is a, it, it affects your, you know, daily or your, your sentiment or whatever you're trying oh, to say it, you know, like, and I think that that conversation kind of, you know, like went a couple of different ways. But at the end of the day, he did realize that like, you shouldn't have a, there's no like degree of acceptance here. You know what I'm saying? Like before that, and I was actually talking to my brother about this, it, like talking about Ayana before being black, I think in the black community, you are presented if you are queer or gay as gay because of how you know different constructs are and how you know we were raised as a black community but um initially to your question initially to your question some of the things that we need to do is we cannot pass by or have these you know this silo of we're okay because you know we're cis had we're, we're cisgender yeah, yeah. or you know all this other stuff and that's their problem because they want to live you know or do whatever they want to do no LGBTQ, we are all in this together. This is like literally someone who walks the same like life as you. It may be different. Gender, sexuality, two different things. But we all know how it feels to be oppressed for little. And I mean that goes bounds from any type of queer situation. That comes from heterosexuality. Like everyone tries to live their best life, at least one day. And I think that's when you're born or when you're growing up. Everybody tries to be like authentically who they are. But the world and society and different, you know different things come in play where people cannot live holistically and be who they want to be. And that's different things that we need to just start to, you know, punch down on. But black queer community, we kind of, we got to stand with them and, you know, understand that this fight is our fight as well. So that's kind of long winded. 
No, I agree with everything you said. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, the only thing I would add to that is, you know, you can't, I don't ever want to speak in like you can't or you, but it's not smart to say that, you know, Black Lives Matter and then marginalize a group within your own community. Like, it's not how this works. You know, all Black Lives Matter. So that means if you're gay, straight, bi, trans, queer, or non-binary, any of those factors, mm-hmm. you're still Black and your life still matters, you know? And so, I mean, they should be fought for, we should be fought for just as much as the cishet or the, the straight Black people, you know? And so, I mean, it, to me, I, what I see on social media sometimes is I see people trying to argue that fact. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, do, do you hear yourself? Like, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? I'm still a Black person. I'm a part of an LGBT community. But, you know, my, my identity is made up of several different facets, you know? And, you know, I'm a part of all of this, you know? And so I definitely support that. And I, I agree from the aspect that, you know, Brandon, what you were saying about how, you know, 60% is, you know, looking within too. But I also want to make sure that we, we stay on task a little bit here because you know uh black people uh sometimes we can split off with a lot of different facets and not stay focused on you know the general the general message and the general message is that all black lives matter you know regardless if you're a gay or straight or anywhere on the spectrum you know your life matters and what we're protesting and what we're fighting against is um, brutality in any facet you know from people who are supposed to be serving us or people who are supposed to be protecting us because they're clearly not doing that, you know? And so I think it's very important to make sure that everybody is included in that. It, it, especially right now, you know, with the tinderbox that is America, um, mm-hmm. and so many issues and things coming to light that certain people are just finding out about, but we've been dealing with for like our, our entire lives. It's like, yeah. it's great that you're just finding out about this, yeah. but we've literally been dealing with this. I'm not gonna give away my age either, but for a very long time. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I absolutely agree. I think you guys covered a lot of it. I think it is, it, it does break down to bystander intervention at all forms, at work, at the family cookout, at dinner. When you're watching TV and you see someone that is trans or you see, you know, certain things being brought up. It's making sure that people are aware and making sure that people are equipped with the knowledge. And that's where you're going to start really kind of changing ideas and how people look at, at everyone. Um, and so I feel like that that's, that's the basis of where it starts. Um, I think that we also have to do a better job with our media. There's not, there's, there's no reason why Ayana and the countless other names of trans people are something that we are really only seeing on social media. Mm-hmm. There needs to be visibility on a national level of what is happening to our community. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I'm not seeing. And I really hold, I really would take to task several news outlets that I feel like could do a better job of promoting that visibility. Oh no, I just, I just kind of want to piggyback on even like with that. Um, when you were speaking about um, the like the, the kind of like talking about the media and different things like that, when me and my brother actually had a conversation about Tony McDay, you know, I, I told him that there's, there is no noise around it because one, um, he is a transgender male. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just, that's just and they, that's and they misgendered him when they reported it. That's the only reason. That, 
that and also they between and I and, and I don't know who I okay, so I'm not afraid to say that I don't know stuff. So I'm just gonna put that Me out neither. there. But, I don't know whose charge this is at this point, but when you look at the headlines for Tony McDade, it does say LGBTQ people rally or LGBTQ people uh, get together to yeah. uh, protest for Tony McDade. That signifies like that this is an LGBTQ yeah. issue when it is not. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like exactly. this is not an LGBTQ history like uh, issue. This is a Black Lives Matter issue. This is a humane issue, but definitely. This is a black issue. It is a it is a black and trans issue, but it's also a black issue. He got shot. I do. I don't want to say that either, like that. But the color of his skin came up first for those police officers. Right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the fact that he was trans. It, that, that had nothing to do with it. That's stuff that they realized after you know a, after the fact after they pointed to shoot it. You know. Yeah. Like so, even the marketing when it comes to media, and like I said, I don't know whose issue. Like I don't know who to kind of put that blame on if it is media. Or if it is like the black community, because I think that once again, not being a part of the black community or not being considered, I think fully being a part of the, like any LGBTQ, I don't think that they are necessarily putting us into the fabric of black, like holistic community as much as they should. And I don't know if that comes down to the community. If the, if, if the community is, no, if media is reflecting what the community does, mm-hmm. or if the media is setting the tone for community in general. But then when you see, when you see stuff like Ayanna Dior, you're like, yeah, beat her up because she's a trans woman, not because she's black, not because right. you know. So it's like, it, it's confusing. I don't know where necessarily that that comes from, but we we see the disconnect. But we just, I think, it needs to be bridged to what the issue is. But it shouldn't be going on. Agree, agree. I agree. That's that. Yeah, well said. Just before we let you go, Brandon. Um, and I'm sure you've had these conversations just like many of us have had. I'm sure you've either had uh, the white friends call you or in general, but just from your viewpoint, what are some things people can do to be visible? Because silence is no longer an option at this point in time. And so at some point, you're going to have to decide where you stand on this issue because it's a huge prevalent issue. What is the, what is the advice that you would give someone if they're questioning how they can make their voice heard or how they can be visible in this space if they don't feel comfortable actually going out to protest? I think that affirming folks to do and to be who they are is honestly one of the best things that I think anyone can ever do. So I'm, I'm, I would say to someone who necessarily does not know what to do or how to get involved to start with what you do best or who you are best. You know, like I've seen just over, I've seen art. I've seen Black Lives Matter art. I've seen music. I've seen content. People who are social uh, um, social influencers have been hosting lives, have been doing things just like this, have been, you know, stirring conversation. Everyone has not been on the protest lines, but there's always something that you can do, whether that is sharing these events, um, hosting these conversations, being a part of these conversations, commenting, letting like message your legislators message like talk to these folks and say like you know like through email whatever you need to do um to be a part of the change there's something that you can do but i will i would personally say for you to make the change and make the change i think that you will want to do it holistically how you would do anything else like if you are you know if like i said if you're a painter make something beautiful that you will be proud of that you want to share with the world that makes a statement for, you know, this change, for this matter right now. 
Um, but other than that, there's, I mean, protests, there's different ways, like I said, I think, but legislators, I'm serious about that one. Message those folks because yeah, yeah. they'll take, they take all that stuff and they bring it up there. They should, I should say that much. They should take all that stuff, <laughs> bring it up, you know, higher and everything. But um, there's different ways. There's different ways. Just tap into the ones that make you feel, um, I think that will make you feel fulfilled at the end of the day too. Yeah. Brandon, thank you so much. Um, now, where can people find out more about the caucus? Um, how can they get in touch with you guys? Yes, pub yourself, darling. Feel yeah. uh, free to name drop any organization, any of those things. How can we, yeah, if people want to get in touch and, and get involved, how, how do they go about doing that? Of course. Uh, so the Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus is like, one of our biggest presence is on social media. And that's, um, we have a Facebook, Twitter, and an Instagram. And our Facebook is our name, Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus. Um, you can find us on there. You can really, everything is mostly updated throughout all platforms, so you won't be missing on anything. But um, if you're big on Twitterverse, follow us on Twitter. That is the underscore CBGMC, which is our initials. And then our Instagram is the underscore caucus. Um, just the last part of our name. Um, like I said, we keep the, the Facebook and the Instagram, Twitter stacked with everything that we have going on, sharing resources, um, highlighting folks, different things that's going on. So you can definitely do that. Um, you can also join our newsletter. We have plugs in our bio for um, our newsletter and different things. That is another way you can kind of stay up. Um, I always cross-reference everything. So, I mean, if you're like a friend of me or anything like that, Brandon Maurice W, like I'm always, you know, between that and other organizations, I uh, love to spread the word and just to keep um, things flowing and to- Spread the word? Uh, yeah. Yes. Spread, the word. spread this word. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Spread the word, like it's, you know, yeah, I think that um, the, the reach, you know, I think the reach is super important and liaisoning and sharing and all that great stuff is a way to do stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brandon, once again, thank you so much um, for being whole pop and hopefully this will not be the last time. I hope not. We'd love to have you back again, um, but you know where to reach him. Um, you know, also, if you're trying to get in touch with us at Cold Pop Show on Instagram, um, and then Cold Pop Podcast, Cold Pop Podcast on Facebook. So Yes. And so I guess what we'll do is we'll take another quick break, and then we'll be back with our next segment entitled Fizz or Flat. So we'll be right back, guys. All right, welcome back, welcome back. It is time for our signature segment. I know you don't like that, Trent, that's why I said it. What <laughs> good boy. <laughs> that we've entitled Fizz or Flat. Flat, yes. That's where we review all of the things happening in pop culture, or at least what is going on right now. And we rate it a fizz if we're feeling it, or a flat if, if we're, we're not. not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Trent, why don't you get us started and what do you have up first? So, I mean, the very first thing um, for me is I feel like these shows, we've been been very heavy. And so I always want to kind of share light and um, bring positive light to what, what else is going on. Um, but in the Black Lives Matter movement, I think my very first one is um, the, the street mural in D.C., Oh, yeah, the Black yeah. Lives Matter. Yep. So for those who don't know, Mayor Muriel Bowser, who is the mayor of uh, Washington, D.C., um, led a uh, 
the painting of a mural uh, on the streets leading up to the White House and has uh, titled that the new uh, street Black Lives Matter Plaza. Um, so hopefully you've seen it, but this thing spans, I don't know, I don't know how many feet. It's um, really big, yeah. It, it, it is huge. I mean, people were taking satellite shots of it and you can see um, it, it, it covers the entire street um, leading up to the White House. Um, it's one of the things that I will say about this is that um, it definitely wasn't an easy feat and she is getting some flack uh, from you know who um, about you know the painting of this mural and how it is it's your mm. only um, and how they're only appeasing you know a certain uh, a certain group white liberals and black and black people and and all of those things but I think it's it's going to be really exciting and it's it's going to be groundbreaking um, to kind of have that be uh, a, a kind of a permanent um, a permanent statute here uh, for what this moving movement is and, and where it's going. So that's definitely uh, a fizz moment for me. I'm going to give it a, a small fizz because okay. I, th it's great. Cool. I think it's a little premature. Um, I want the intention I think is really well received, uh, well thought out, but from what I understand, and I don't know this to be, I can't confirm this for myself, I need to do a little bit more research, but she still increased the police budget in DC. Yeah, I mean, and so, so okay. Give and me some, give me some, give me some actions that, you know, are gonna help limit, you know, help aid what we're fighting to right now, and then let the, the, the visible performative stuff be sort of like a result of that, you know, after the fact, I think. And she's but. definitely spoke to that. She was like, I know that I've had a tense relationship um, in regards to the movement in the past with increasing funding and things mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, uh, what she said, and I feel like, I don't know. I, I mean, you might think of it as lip service, but she's, this is what she said. She says, we work hard every day to make sure we have the type of police and community relationships that will allow us to have safe neighborhoods. Um, and so we all know that they do a wonderful job in protecting these DC streets. So I, I think uh, calling into question, do that? Yes, they, they probably do need the funding in order to keep things safe and keep things grounded. Um, but I think that this is a gesture towards wanting wanting to support that. So, okay, that's why I said I'm gonna give it a mild fizz. I'm not gonna give Great it a job. flat because it's still something good, good okay. for the community. All right, what do you have next? Uh, so my fizz or flat of the week, one of them. Uh, We're here, the show on HBO. Mm. Uh, it is a very very good show. It is a show that stars Bob the Drag Queen. Shangela and Eureka O'Hara, two three drag queens who travel across the country to um, small town communities and either introduce drag or help amplify the drag that's already there. Um, it's really good. Like I personally, and this is no shade to them, but I think this is what Queer Eye is trying to do or maybe mm, that's not the right words let me scratch it back because queer eye is doing a good job i think we're here is 
taking it a bit a step further um okay. because it's a little bit more personal um and so I, I i think it's it the format is really well done uh the stories that they highlight are really well done and i love seeing like the performances at the end and like actually seeing you know some of these people you know come back and say that you know they really helped me and stuff and like helped you know spur change and so i wanted to give a fizz and a big shout out to we're here because they just got renewed for a season two um, their season one got interrupted because of the pandemic, and so they only were able to do six episodes. And their season finale, they got interrupted. Excuse me, they got interrupted right in the middle, so they had to salvage their season finale. But I'm glad that they've gotten a season two now and are able to like really, really go for it. And I'm excited, can't wait. To be honest, I really enjoyed the season finale because I thought that they did. Like, me too. Um, I mean, it's the reason why it's on HBO, right? HBO knows knows programming and knows how to get it right um and so they kind of instead of focusing on the lives of others they kind of turned the mirror on themselves and kind of did like a reflection of their own journey and how drag helped mm -hmm. them um and so that i felt like that that was really cool and i and i left kind of having you know getting chills for a little bit um seeing their like yeah. photos and videos and i know and things like that so no, I, I agree with you. I thought we're here. Uh, it was done really well. And I, yeah, I am excited to see season two. You brought up a, another good point. I, and I just thought about this, but you're right. HBO has been getting it right. Like with shows like Insecure and The Watchmen and mm -hmm. uh, We're Here, you know, while these are like easily identifiable properties, if you actually watch the shows, the content is like heavily black or heavily queer and like, done in a really good way and so they have they do have a really good slate of shows <laughs> um okay so what what's next uh i've got so i've got some news for you okay so i know i see your topic on here and oh, i already know child okay know. i was i want to read her tweet <laughs> yeah so basically um, basically <laughs> my world kind of went upside down and, and probably millions of others as well on twitter uh this this past week when there was a tweet talking about india Ari and chris tucker dating um and have been dating for 13 years and i'm kind of like wait where was i during all of this knowing right a lot of other people too i think i i think i either text you or called you Marcus I can't remember it was one of the two yeah um so I was like oh shoot oh shoot oh shoot uh I I did not know this lo and behold um we all I think for I think for almost like a full day everyone thought that they were together and that this was going on there was nothing put out and then lo and behold NRE came and shut down everybody's um dreams with letting us know that it actually was not true um india and ari india ari and chris tucker did date uh they might she said that they may have went on like one or two dates but that was years i mean years ago um but i'm not gonna lie it definitely during these times black love gets me excited it gets a lot of other people excited and so we thought that this was something that was actually true um can we actually talk about if it was though? Can we? Well, she says she so she says so. No, I do not date 
Chris Tucker for real. And she tagged him in this. So I was like, oh, that's real bad. <laughs> and she said, we went on a date or two. Apparently that was 13 years ago. I really don't remember, LOL. So shady, so rude. <laughs> a little shady, but I love it. I, I mean- But she said she has a real love story. Good for her. I, th I think the only concerning part is this is just another reminder of how much wrong information travels on Twitter. Um, Say that. Say it. So it's always, always important that you don't just get your news from Twitter without fact checking because there's a lot of wrong information or things that are out of context or just simply did not happen, you know, or like people will try to present things as if they happened today and it really happened like five years ago. Exactly. So, um, Just be very careful of that. But no, I think that that was that was definitely a uh, uh, it was it was flat that it wasn't true. But, I, but I, fizz I for her response. Don't sit here and act like you weren't <laughs> excited once you once if you that you thought it was going on. Don't Marcus. Don't sit here and act like you. Oh, I'm not. I was. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I was like, yes, this is dope, and it's been secret for so long. Yay! Like it was a gag. <laughs> a gag. Um, okay. I only have one other thing for Fizzer okay. Flat. I want to give a huge shout out because I did not know this and I guess nobody did until recently, but big ups to Justice Smith. Justice Smith came out and yeah, this, is the, this is the young guy in, um, what does he play in? Again? He was in the get down. He was in, um, Jurassic World 2, uh, Fallen Kingdom. He was in, uh, Pokemon Pikachu, pet de Pikachu, Pokemon Detective, Pikachu Detective, Detective Pikachu. He was the star of that. He's been in a lot. He's been doing really, right. really well. And um, his boyfriend is old boy from Queen Sugar. Um, Ooh. Yes. The, 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 um, the young Yes, honey. And they look Ooh. so cute. Uh -huh. okay. It's on his Instagram. It's on his Instagram. Justice Smith's Instagram page. I just heard all the gay come out. I know, right? <laughs> but shout out to both of them because number one, every we love black love. Black we love, love black love. Good to see. Love, love, love. Number two, they look great together. So shout out to both of them. Um, I hope they're doing okay during quarantine, during pan this pandemic. But I just wanted to give a big shout out to um, to Justice. I was a, I'm a huge fan of Justice. I love the movies that he's been in, especially the Get Down. The Get Down deserved better, but that's a different story. Um, so yeah, he's definitely cuter with. Um, I like him with the dreads. He's definitely cuter with his beard. Who? Justice Smith. Oh, I think both of them are super cute, and I'm glad that they found love and are happy and thriving. Now I can't. I'm not finding this man. I'm on his Instagram right now. So you have to go to the first post, and then you can swipe yeah. through. It's a multiple picture post. Oh, okay. you see, yes, so so cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. And the boy's name from Queen Sugar is Nicholas. It's Nicholas, yeah. Nicholas Ash. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I knew you would like that, so that's why I was like, Ooh, let me make sure I get this in here. I definite, that's definitely a fizz for me. Yeah, that's a huge fizz. Aww. So. Okay. Well, but that's all I have. The Nicholas over Chris and India. So, okay. okay. Well, I think, Marcus, that's all that we have for today um, in this episode. All right. Um, 
I feel like we covered a lot. What we did. What are you taking away? What are your What are your um, final thoughts? I am going to say this week. My final thought is: take care of yourself. Take care of yourself um, mentally, physically. I know that there's a lot going on right now. And sometimes I myself, uh, I feel overwhelmed. I feel anxiety. I feel really anxious. Sometimes I feel helpless. Like I don't know what to do or how I can help, but start at the beginning. Um, You can't help anyone if you aren't help yourself. So keep that in mind that, you know, you can't take care of someone else if you are, if you yourself are not okay. So if that means taking a break from social media for a little bit, for a day or so to like, just gather your thoughts and get, get yourself back together or going outside or playing video games, doing a movie night, something to just detach yourself from what's happening right now, temporarily, because you know, there's still much more work to be done, but everybody needs a break sometimes and just make sure that your mental your mental health is still there. And then you get back to it. You got to make sure that you keep your foundation strong. No, agreed. I think for me, just kind of going back to our conversation with Brandon, I feel like I, I just, it's kind of like making sure or just reinforcing the idea of like a community is not something that you're just a part of. Like it's something that you also have to give put into absolutely and absolutely strengthen and work to make better like that is what a community is it's not something like you just i mean you gain entry based on your identity based on you know your membership and i mean you gain membership based on your identity but in order to be truly a part a truly part of the community you have to be able to pour into it and work to see it progress so I feel that. So think about that. Think about the communities that you're a part of and how you can make that happen. Nice. All right. Well, as always, don't forget to follow the Cold Pop platform, the Cold Pop brand um, everywhere. So for the podcast, follow us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, at Cold Work. I think it's just Cold Pop or Cold Pop Show, one of the two. Uh, and then follow the brand on all social media platforms on Instagram at Cold Pop Show and on YouTube at Cold Pop Show. We'll be posting some good content on YouTube this week as well. Um, we'll also have uh, Brandon's full segment up yeah. on YouTube so also. Check out the full interview on there on our YouTube and make sure that you subscribe to that YouTube as well. And check out some of the other goodies. We have lots of videos um, on there for you guys to watch. So please make sure that you take that. You can follow me at Trenton Rashad on Instagram and at Trenton RD on Twitter. And then you can follow me at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end on all social media. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, Trent, we're going to make it. We're going to be all right. We ain't going to have you on lockdown down there forever. Yeah, I'm literally being fitted right now for my cape and my bonnet. <laughs> Um, Get out of there. Pack a bag. Okay. I come. Where am I going? I tried to come to you today. Yeah. See, um, me being up here ain't so funny now, huh? Because we moving around freely up here. Yeah. You live, I live, you live in the capital. Uh (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. Uh Pack a bag. I'll sneak you up here. I'll smuggle you up here. Well, all right, boo. I will uh, talk to you guys uh, next week. Yes. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.